0: Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of You Will Never Talk Alone, a.k.a. You'll Never Talk Alone. I'm your temporary host, Alex Lovell, joined today for the first time in maybe, what, 50, 60 years by none other than Will Case. Will, welcome back.
1: Hey, what's your name again? Just remind me real quick. I, uh, it's been so long
0: uh yeah my name is divak origi i'm a host it's of a podcast uh, that's why i didn't recognize club. you
1: yeah you couldn't even make the bench uh no i'm so happy this is my first time I, this season for sure i cannot remember the last time i was available um kids will do that to you unfortunately so don't have them or do and don't do podcasts
0: yeah there, there's a Listeners. few options to take um, mm-hmm. But thankfully, you weren't injured. I know that a lot of people related to the club were injured last season. Yes, uh, yes. we were worried. That's why you weren't able to join. But it yes. wasn't injury.
1: I'm good, so far. So far. Um, well, what a, um, the this has been a pretty fun week though, in, in all in all respect. Well, fun and then also sad, but mostly fun.
0: Yeah, sad. But it also revealed something that we liked even more about the person that the sad thing happened to. But mm-hmm. yeah, let's just let's just start from the beginning of the week uh, mm-hmm. because it started off well with one minor caveat: uh, a three-no win over Leeds uh, with some great goals um, and a lot of fun. Yeah, I had to double check because we scored three again. And I was like, did we score three goals in back-to-back matches? But yes, yes, we did. Um, So a great 3-0 win over Leeds, away from home, in a hostile environment. Um, So, Will, what did you think of that match?
1: Hostile environment against hostile players. Um, Leeds, you know, when you watch Leeds, they're really not, they don't play like that very often. I don't know what that was about or where that came from. But it honestly, I like teams like Leads those lower to mid-table teams that will really attack a lot. The leads, the Newcastle's, the Arsenal's, those you know lower-tier teams, they they really make for fun games. And so, the, the I was really going into it like is Bamford's been on a good run of form. How is Van Dyke going to handle it coming back from injury this long? It, you know is will we play Samika since champions league is coming up, you know, since he's been good, it, it was a lot of what ifs, but the game itself, I thought we handled it pretty well. I mean, they had a few, um, a few breaks. Allison had to make a couple of great saves, but overall, um, very dominant. Um, everybody played well. I really, I really think I don't have many complaints, honestly. Um, Except for you know the one that we're going to talk about, obviously, but the but like performance-wise, everybody was great. I really thought it was a good match.
0: Yeah, I mean the the chance I remember them going closest on was mostly due to the fact that they that Phillips clearly fouled Salah on the edge of the box, uh, and our players were just very confused as to why it wasn't called, and that's why they were able to break. Right, because uh, that was just the dumbest no call I've ever seen. But yeah, it was. It was an exciting prospect going into this match because you know what you're going to get with leads. They're going to go full blood and thunder. They're going to press aggressively. They're going to just go all out, and they're going to come at you, and they don't care who you are. They're going to play the way they play. Uh, and they did that, although they then ended up playing like Burnley at the same time uh, in some regards when it came to challenges, which is very strange. But I guess sometimes when you play that aggressively, you end up k- turning dirty a little bit. Uh, but, yeah, like it was a really dominant performance the first half especially we just i mean we scored once we probably should have scored like 6 or 7 times I, <laughs> I think they showed the chart and mané's xg was higher than <laughs> than leeds's xg in mm-hmm. total like he was just doing an incredible job of getting in great positions and then doing a terrible job of converting those chances but like I, everyone was playing well no one was playing badly like you said no complaints uh, and then what did, what did you think of the second half? Did you think we continued that or did you think like they came back into the match or how did you how did you feel that half went?
1: They did come back into the match a little bit. I mean, if you look at the the scoring timeline, I mean, like Going into halftime, it really should have been 3 4 0. I mean, we, we, such was the domination. It, it, we did that against Milan too, which I know we'll talk about in a minute, but like it, we start, we've started really strong these past few games. Um, Fabinho's goal was kind of a crap goal. I mean, it, whenever the ball is just bouncing around the six, you, there's, you just kick it as hard as you can. Um, but, you know, second half, I felt like Elliott's injury really took the wind out of both teams' sails. Um, it really – and it, any big injury like that will do that, but especially that type of injury to a young player um, who is really – he – Elliot is obviously good, but like an 18-year-old really has no business starting three games in a row in the Premier League for Liverpool, right? I mean like that's yeah. – it's kind of unheard of. And so he's obviously very good. And, you know, the whole – the atmosphere uh, changed. The Leeds fans really started being nasty. Um you could from what we could hear on the TV I know I saw on Twitter that they were saying some really really terrible things uh, and some terrible chants. but you know the atmosphere changed a little bit after his injury uh and so it was it's kind of hard to judge the end of the second half I mean even though we got the late late goal from Mane, which was deserved um it was it was just after the injury it's kind of oh, it was a weird game after that
0: Yeah, there were, like you mentioned, there were a lot of rather distressing reports about some of the the reactions from some sections of the Leeds fans. Uh, And I mean, you hate to see that. And you kind of wonder how that will be treated uh, going forward, if there will be anything done about it. Because I know it's been something that they've been trying to cut out of the game. And it's just (laughs) awful for people to be doing that. But I mean, there were some, and definitely the away fans were clapping him off, like as you should. That's just such a horrible injury happen at such a horrible time for such an exciting talent. I mean, you, you do mention like it's rare for an 18 year old to start three matches in a row in the premier league, let alone for Liverpool, but he had slotted right in. Like he had been fantastic Mm -hmm. when he had played for us and had kind of given us that midfield dimension that we've really been looking for for so long to like bridge that gap and be that attacking force. And he just looks so comfortable and it's, it's just such a shame to see his, season. I mean, I know they said he'll probably be playing again this season. Like, I don't know about that. We've heard so many stories from our medical team about when players are going to be fit that who knows when he's going to be back. But it's just such a shame.
1: What sucks about that injury, and I I don't know if you ever got injured while playing. I luckily did not. Um, But I have seen people and had uh, teammates who got injured like that. Um, And they don't, sometimes they come back just fine. And then sometimes they come back it's like they play scared because they don't want to be injured like that again and at his age I really hope that he's young enough to kind of shake it off um I, I really do because he's been so good he is he is a better which I know you're a nabby fanboy but he has been a better nabby at the beginning of the season he's just so positive nabby they have different skill sets right so like Kato will try to dribble past people and he and he succeeds a lot of times he's they're both very positive players but Elliot Distributes the ball a little bit better. Um, he gets rid. He doesn't. He, I mean, when you play behind Mo Salah, you don't really have to dribble past people. You just find Mo. Like it, it's, it's kind of, it, it's kind of cheating. But he's really good. You know, with the ball at his feet, obviously he he knows he can pick out a pass. Just really impressive. Um, reminds me of myself when I was eighteen. <laughs> no, he, no, he's he's great. I, I really, really, really enjoyed watching him play, and I hope that he comes back. Yeah.
0: I mean, he kind of completely transformed that side of the pitch. Like he had helped Trent and Mo play better together just by being on that side. So yeah, it's, it's such a shame to see something like that happen to him. And yeah, like to your point, and I know it's kind of been discussed and some people have brought it up, uh, but like. I know Aaron Ramsey kind of talked in depth about like what it was Mm -hmm. like coming back from that injury and sure, you know, you're physically ready and you get to work out and you build your muscle back. And for someone so young who could even come back stronger, like actually physically stronger because he will be more of an adult by the time he comes back. But it's all that mental thing of what happens when you come across your first challenge. Are you thinking about that at all? Mm -hmm. Or is it in your back of your mind and you can't go in and that could change how you play the game entirely? Mm Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it, we're hoping he can recover quickly, and we're hoping he's the same as when he comes back. And, I mean, luckily, uh, he has three people on his team that faced similar terrible injuries within the past year <laughs> and can help really? walk him through yep. that. And be mm-hmm. Like, you're going to be fine. And, I mean, yeah, like, it totally shook the team, and it shook the players after the match. Uh, I mean, Klopp's post-match interview was uh, like almost hard to watch because he just looked so rattled, and it happened mm-hmm. right in front of the bench and, like, Everyone just was just disgusted because it was just such an awful injury. Um, and and I, I know there's been a lot of discussion, uh, and I guess we might as well touch on it. But and I know Harvey himself even said like it shouldn't have been a red card. But how do you feel about that? Because there's a lot of a lot of weird debate, and I guess maybe the way I'm seeing it, it doesn't really make any sense that it's even a debate. Uh, but I'm curious to hear your thoughts on that.
1: I need to rewatch it again. I have kind of avoided it because, yeah, I watched it like you know, I watched it live obviously, and then the the initial replay. But I don't want to watch, I didn't want to watch the injury, and so unfortunately, I haven't watched the tackle that much either. But the my initial thought, I mean, it at speed coming in, even if you don't hit him with your studs, making that tackle at speed on somebody's planted foot, like I don't understand how that's anything but dangerous play. Like you're not, you're not going for the ball. Even if you hit the ball, you're not going for the ball. You're trying to take him out. You know it's different if you. You'll see, and there's probably a technical term for it, but you'll see people who are chasing a player with the ball. They'll slide from behind, but they kind of you know sweep, sweep around, and and they'll that they might trip the player, but it's not a scissors tackle. You know they'll they'll kind of come in and get the ball. Um, it 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 just it yeah it should have been a red card now maybe like it's a red card and he doesn't get the full three game ban or something like that maybe it's because it's i mean it wasn't necessarily malicious but it was still dangerous and so yeah i I do think it's it's based on what i've seen and what i saw then it's a red but maybe it's not maybe maybe it's more orange than red it's not quite as bad
0: yeah i i think that's just a reason that those kind of tackles were clamped down upon for so long and just mm-hmm. kind of only recently been allowed back into the game and more in the Premier League than most other leagues, I would say. I think they're a bit more harsh on those kind of tackles elsewhere just because they end up with stuff like this, even if you don't mean to injure the player, even if you're not trying to hurt someone. I mean, you saw it, what was it, two seasons ago with Son on Andre Gomez? Like, mm-hmm. He clearly wasn't trying to take the player out, but when you go in like that from that angle with that speed, something is probably going to happen that isn't good for someone's bones and muscles. Um, and it's just, it's one of those, one of those tackles that like, if a, and it's not just because of the result that he got sent off, it's like that tackle means that that is a possibility and therefore it is endangering the other player. Right. And, and, and you know, go ahead. I uh, And you saw the same tackle happen to Bonnet what three minutes after the restart from the injury and it just didn't break his leg. So yep. I mean, it's, You can get lucky sometimes, but you could you could see the replay of that and be like, "Wow, that almost happened exactly the same way again."
1: Yeah, and and you know what's interesting, like I think some of it comes down to VAR. Like they were so they've been so bad at VAR, (laughs) uh, and like let they're still trying to find their sweet spot, which you know the rest of the world has figured out, but somehow the English refs can't do it. The you know they've. he had let the he'd let the let them play, and so that's why you saw like on there we mentioned their chance earlier. Like Mo was clearly fouled, yeah. but he didn't call it, and it's it you know kind of in a let him let him play mentality. And the more you let that go on, if you don't nip it in the bud early, stuff like this happens. I mean, you and I have both been in games where it happens like that. It's you know you, it can get away from you, and and the more physical it gets, the more players the less careful players are, you know, the more, the more recklessly they play. And, and it's just, it, I hate it. I really hope that they can figure out a nice medium sooner rather than later. But you know, obviously right now, Harvey Elliott has to, to read the consequences of that. But, you know, I, I don't, I'm not like mad at the, the stroke or whatever his name is that, that made the tackle. He's, he had played a good game up until that point. He's obviously a good player. He's obviously, you know, he's not a, a bad person or anything, but like, you got to do better. You got to be careful. And that it, I hate it for it. Harvey, I hate it for that guy. But yeah, deserved red in my opinion.
0: Yeah, uh, and your your point about the the letting people play and letting it escalate. Uh I mean, we we, see, we saw that with Burnley, and we especially saw that in this match where just things started getting a little bit uh, like more testy and more fierce, and there were some just harsh challenges flying in, and people getting knocked around left and right, and that's exactly why, because they knew they could get away with it. That everything was being more lenient, and ultimately, this is what happened because of it. So, it's it's a shame, and we just we wish him all the best, and hopefully, we can find a way to replace him. I mean, it's very Liverpool that this happened in the first match after the transfer windows closed. So right, no possible way to replace him externally because right. that's just what happens to us.
1: You know, honestly, speaking of that, and and I, I wasn't in the past few episodes when you talked about transfers or lack thereof, but. I actually don't think there's that big of, I mean that this may be a terrible opinion but I don't think there's that big of a problem. Now I mean obviously with Elliot out it sucks, right? But like the we Curtis Jones hasn't really featured that much this season and I think he got a concussion or something early mm-hmm. right before the season started so like he's coming back into the fold. He was excellent last season when he played. Um and you really like as much as you want like the fancy glamour signing there's also people right that are in the team already that are just as good and that are willing to like kind of pay their dues moving up, like Curtis, like Harvey. Um, I feel like Ox, all Ox does is pay dues, but he is also can be good on his day. And, you know, so we have those players available. And now that I mean Klopp's gonna have to get creative, but I think you start to see the lineup shifting around a bit more, which is not always a good thing, but in this case, I mean, you've got some, you've got a lot of versatile players. I mean, we haven't seen Minamino much at all, um, and I mean, he's not, he's not really a central midfielder, but you know, he could feature and if they adjusted the formation slightly. So, I think I think it's good. There's a silver lining. You never want somebody to get hurt, but I think we could start to see some of the players that maybe the fans have maybe devalued over time because they've had, you know, their, the five opportunities they get, they maybe weren't the greatest, but they're still good players. I think maybe those guys get to step up now and show us what they've got. So I'm, I'm sort of excited to see the different lineups that will come out of this.
0: Yeah, and there's a lot of exciting midfield combinations, at least, that could be done even without him. So it'll be interesting to see. Um, it's just a shame because I know, like, looking ahead to the fall, and or not the fall, the winter, uh, when we lose uh, Mo and Sadio and potentially Navi to African Cup of Nations. Like Harvey would have been a player that could have slotted out to one of the wings right. and fit in because he's played there before. And it's a shame that th- that option is gone and that we, even though we have the combination of people in the midfield that can play that role, they're not as versatile as Harvey. So mm-hmm. that is sad, but well, I'm sure we'll cope. We have tons of very good players, and as long right. as they can stay fit, We'll, we'll be just fine. Right. Um, and before we move on to the Milan match, just wanted to check with you on Sadio Mane. I know he's a player you absolutely love, and he got that goal. But he, he had kind of a mixed bag performance against Leeds in the sense that he was awesome pretty much everywhere except for in the box uh, and would do the thing where he like takes a very poor first touch under no pressure. And then immediately follow up with like a perfectly executed back heel nutmeg pass. So, like, <laughs> right, what, right. Is, is he improving from the weird form of last season? Is he still, is that still in his head? Like, what's going on?
1: I think you you saw a few times, and, and he, honestly, you saw it in his goal. Um, they, it, he is, but he's trying to score. I mean, obviously everybody's trying to score, but like it is the one thing that he wants to do. If if he beats you, yes. Like if he gets an assist, cool. But like he desperately wants to regain his form. And I think you saw that. The team also wants it too, because like Sadio Mane on his day is, don't hate me for this, is more dangerous than Mo is, honestly. He's like, I, I feel like I would much, I'd much rather play against Salah than Mane when Mane is on form. Because he's, he, yeah. he just can beat you in so many ways. You kind of know what Mo's going to do to a degree. But he's, he's going to beat you while he does it. But you still kind of know what he's going to do. Mane's got a few more tricks in his bag. Um, you know, you saw Tiago specifically pick him out with that pass. Um, to, where he could have maybe gone a couple different directions to make sure they got that goal. I think that it will take a minute it's not just going to be a a switch that gets flipped but uh he he's not done by any means I mean he's he's not the player maybe that he was in like 15 16 16 17 but we don't really need him to be because Moe's not that player either he's better and Trent's not that player he's better you know like that there are other people on the team that that are different players as well in in a good way. And so we don't need as much from him. And so, yeah, I think maybe he's not like red hot form that he used to be, but I'm not worried about it. He's fine. He also never gets injured. So like he, of course now he'll get injured (laughs) because I said that, but he's never, he's always available for the most part. And I think there's some value in that as well. Even if he's not scoring 30 goals a game, just having that threat, you know, omnipresent is, is a good thing as well.
0: Yeah totally agree and he also never really needs to be subbed out like he was rested for the Champions League because of his form but he never really gets tired uh, which is insane considering the amount of games that he's had to play over the past two and a half years so I I agree he's going to be fine The chances will start going in I think all it's really going to take is for him to not think about them so much because when he's getting in those positions Mm -hmm. he's like playing every possibility in his mind eight times over. And normally you would just see him like slide at home with no issue or blast at home upper corner with no problem. But now he's like, I need to score the perfect goal to get back on track. Right. And it's leading to Fakao Tamori blocking 8,000 shots.
1: Right. <laughs> right, And, you know, honestly, and this is the last thing I'll say, cause we have a lot more to cover, but like, I think this is maybe one of the negatives of Jota coming in because, Jota is ruthless, right? Like he's going to shoot he and he's probably going to score when, if he gets the ball in the box. Like he and he's he's he picks out the same kind of the same danger, similar dangerous positions that Mane does. And so I think maybe the competition has med, led Mane to feel like he has to overcompensate a little bit. Mm-hmm. But I think Mane is at his best when you have like the Liverpool front three together. So I think maybe when Bobby comes back, you'll start seeing. I mean, Mo obviously is always going to be good, but you start seeing better from Sadio as well.
0: I agree. Um, And speaking of a game where Jota started, uh, let's let's move on to the Champions League match against Milan, which honestly, like, not that different of a game apart from maybe four minutes. Right. It's just so weird. But yeah, those four minutes, like, what happened?
1: We went, the midfield went to sleep on one of them for sure. It, and, and maybe for both of them, I need to rewatch the second. But like Naby and Hendo got caught ball watching up the pitch and it just it, it escalated from there. Um, I think, you know, Matip and Van Dyke are one of the more, maybe the most successful center back pairings in the league and, and maybe even in Europe. Uh, and Joe and Virgil are also... Very, very successful. But Joe and Joel are not – they just never play together, right? Like that, And so there's going to be some miscommunications. I'm not super surprised about it. When the first goal went in, I was like, "Eh, okay, whatever, that happens. And the second goal (laughs) went in, I was like, oh, well, crap. But it's one of those days. But we really – we never – even after that second goal, I was never worried. It was just – I mean, we completely dominated them. And even in the second half, we came out and completely dominated them again. And it, it just – they are not your dad's AC Milan, and they just didn't really – I mean, Zlatan is Zlatan, but they didn't really have many – they don't have the teeth to be scary. You know, like they're a good team. Obviously, they're in the Champions League, but I wasn't ever worried about it.
0: Yeah, I, I. It was one of those things, and I think Klopp called it out in this post match. It was like that. That four minutes we had been just kind of we'd had everything our way up until that point. That we kind of got overawed by our own play, and I kind of got too absorbed in our own thing of what we were doing, and like being able to pull everything off. You just keep going for more and more, and you just kind of you let up a little bit because it's. It, it, I don't want to say it was so easy, but we really could do whatever we wanted, and apart from actually scoring the 2,000 chances that we had because, again, Fikayo Tomori blocked almost every shot that we had by himself uh, in a very frustrating manner. But, like, we we did everything we wanted to do. We just couldn't score. So it was just one of those times where we are like, all right, well, we'll get this eventually. It's about to be halftime. We'll we'll fix it when we go to halftime. And then in those instances, like, bam, two goals. Like, it's all it takes because this is the Champions League. And Mm -hmm. Milan definitely aren't what they were, but this is the Champions League. They're good enough to be here. They've got – good players and it's this will the team these are the teams that will punish you for that so i mm-hmm. I, I really think that's what happened more than anything
1: i um are, you know we when at anfield i obviously <laughs> based on recent history you'd really you'd hate to bet against us but so even when we went down i was i felt fine what i did think was interesting and you may have more to say about this i we haven't i don't think we've seen our best Three midfielders play at the same time until the very end of the game uh, against Milan. I think Hendo, Tiago Fabinho is is our best midfield. Um, obviously, Harvey was playing well enough that you don't have to bench him. I do. I think secretly Hendo has a an injury. I think something's up. I mean, even though he played the whole game against Milan, I think something's up. Uh, I w- I don't know that he'll play the whole game this weekend uh we'll see i could be completely wrong but just the way the way klopp's been rotating him around um, it wouldn't surprise me so we haven't really seen them but i think uh at the end of the game we really looked awesome i thought curtis played really well at at you know on the left um, maybe not in the midfield role that he played last time, but he, he looks dangerous. And one thing I love about Curtis Jones, I've talked about him a minute way too much on this podcast, but I love how he's not afraid to go for it. Like he, Mm -hmm. he's he, the occasion never gets to him. And, and I think the longer, the older he gets and the longer he's around these players and the more starts and the more minutes that he gets, it's only going to get better. That kid is ice cold. And I really like him a lot. So I, I thought, I thought the second half was good. I thought the subs were well timed. I thought Origi played well. Like, I mean, he didn't score, obviously, but he was dangerous. I mean, he's not just worthless after all.
0: Yeah. I mean, for, I think it was uh, called out like it was actually his first match for us in like six months. And you kind of forget that. Like, you kind of always assume that he's on the bench and will come in off the bench and play the last 28 seconds uh, and get his appearance fee. But he, he did really well. And I think one thing that really stood out for his performance was that. Uh, He won so many tackles in the attacking third. It's not something you really associate with Origi. You associate him with being like Fox in the box, kind of can play off the left and send crosses in. But really, he'll be in the right place at the right time to get a goal that we need. But his defensive work was absolutely fantastic. He drew Mm -hmm. so many fouls. He just was winning the ball back and starting counterattacks. It was really impressive. And The only thing that really held him back was just he hadn't played a game in six months, and he was kind of rusty. and that's right. what he. That's why he went off because he was cramping up because it was like I yeah. I don't remember what this is like. <laughs> been so is this long longest I've been out here.
1: <laughs> what is the sensation? Uh, exhaustion. Now, What's what's cool. And this is what sucks about the transfer market is because like you can't buy a player that would be willing to do that. Mm. You. I mean, we have him already, and it's what. What stinks is that, I mean, he's he's not a world beater. I mean, he's a Barcelona beater, but he's not a world beater. <laughs> he's not going to do it week in and week out, but. <laughs> there's value there that it's so easy to dismiss if you look at just raw numbers, but like just physically, you know, psychologically, well physically, yes, but psychologically is you, you can't buy that player. You can't go buy a Divac that's going to sit on the bench for three months and, and come in and do that, you know? And, and so I I think I I'm so proud that he had such a good game. I thought he, I thought it was great. Um, And I'm happy. I hope he, I mean, he'll get to play more, A little bit by virtue of everyone getting hurt, but um, I was I was pleased.
0: Yeah, and I mean uh, above all else, like I don't think anybody had a bad performance. I thought everyone looked good. I I know that the I I do agree because they just had the most chance to play together uh, that. Pendo, Tiago, Fabinho is kind of our first choice midfield three, but I mean, we still created so many chances with the ones that started with Pendo, Naby, and Fabinho. So I thought they all played really well and it was optimistic to see and it gives us a a lot of opportunities to like mix and match as the situation arises, but also to the point that we brought up earlier, when you mix and match, that means that people don't end up playing together very often. So Mm -hmm. you lose out on some of that chemistry. Um, I thought... Trent was fantastic I mean he, anyone course. who is like uh Trent is not the best right back in the league watch this game uh, and understand that you're probably right because he's not a right back he's like he is a false 10 playing from <laughs> from, from playing the right, the right. Back. Yeah, yeah like he's just he's doing all this stuff and getting in such good areas and he's just so good with delivery and composure and all that stuff it's just marvelous to watch him play
1: mm-hmm. and he doesn't look like he started so young started started playing you know regularly for us so long I mean it was years ago when he started I mean he's like 19 maybe when he when we first got him in I mean dude is still only like 23 years old <laughs> yeah and he he he's put on a lot of muscle like he he can he looks he's physically imposing and like you know Robertson's kind of a you know he he's a he's great. I, I mean, Andy is wonderful. There's nothing negative about him, but he's just not physically imposing. He's just gritty, and that carry that can go just as far as physicality. But like uh, Trent muscled so many of their players off the ball. Plus, he's fast, and like I mean, yeah, it helps that Mo Salah is playing in front of you. But like they even Mo looks to Trent to do something. Like you you know they you can tell that he is an offensive leader on that team yeah. just by virtue of being so good at distribution. I think you're right. <laughs> He's a 10 that plays from the the two.
0: Yeah, exactly. And I mean, it, you could, to your point about like Mo looking to Trent, like they, he talked about it in the post-match after Leeds. Trent was like telling him like, I'm going to get you the assist that will get you your 100th Premier League goal. Like they talked about that before the match. And that was awesome that uh-huh. it worked out that way. But I agree. And they, they have such a bond and it's getting better and better. Uh, they both talked about how they're understanding each other even more again because just so much changed last season with the the lineups. But uh, they're they're really gelling, and it's really reflecting in how both of them are playing because they're just both playing lights out, like totally unstoppable. The only thing missing is just like the actual consistent finishes because they just have so many chances and create so many chances that like we could easily be winning every game like eight nothing. Right. So yeah, it's that's uh, oh, all ahead.
1: No, no, no. I was just. It it is sometimes frustrating to watch them miss those chances. But I mean, I saw a stat that was like, like over the Champions League weekend that you know it was you know four chances, five chances, four chances, you know. Um, Bayern at four, you know, whatever, whatever the actual number is, Liverpool 23. Like it's yeah. just, it's nuts how many chances we get.
0: Yeah. And, and I, mean, Trent's created the most chances in the league, in league mm-hmm. play. And, and again, it just kind of goes to show that while he's lining up at right back, he is not a right back and that's not what he's in the team to do. He's not there to be a defensive right back. Uh, he's not there to just be a right. He's He's there to be a playmaker. And that's exactly what he does. And I mean, one more word on Hendo. I think a lot of people also forget that before he went to the Euros, before they played those friendlies, he had not played since February and went and trained and went through a tournament and then got an extended break and then had the whole contract situation thing going on. So I agree, even if he may not necessarily be injured, he's not the same preseason fit as all of our other players. So it totally makes sense to ease him back into it. And you're right. Like he played, he played, full 90 and scored an absolutely fantastic goal for the winner. Like what a hit. And you could oh, tell man. as soon as he hit it, that it was going in. It was like, this oh, yeah. is perfect. Um, but I, I could easily see him not starting this weekend against palace and giving someone like Tiago the nod from the beginning, just to, to fill that void.
1: Mm-hmm. I think so. Uh, you know, and moving on to palace, I know that, that they've, they've been okay so far um, looking at the table they are. Where's the table? Looking at the table, they're in 11th, solidly. One win, one loss, and two draws. You know, they, they're they <laughs> exactly probably where they should be. Um, they – Palace is always a tough team, though, right? Like, my every time I think of Palace, I think of the 3-3 three, three, uh, draw under Rodgers and, and Suarez, you know, hiding his face because he's crying. And it, it – I hate playing against Crystal Palace, just to be completely honest with you. They are – so such a tough team because they're they're good but they're not as probably not as good as they should be but they have really individually good players and they're not fun to play against
0: yeah i, I think you could see kind of almost everyone in their lineup thriving at other teams and being like a solid contributor uh, and doing well and they they've kind of evolved or are aiming to evolve beyond what they were under the Hodgson and under Warnock and under Pulis and all that, the kind of classic English style that we're used to seeing. I mean, they they brought in Vieira for a reason. They made the signings that they've made for a reason. And They're trying to become a better football-playing team, which benefits us, to be quite frank, because when you come to play against us, we take advantage of all the space that you leave behind. So I, I am a bit curious to see how they approach the match, knowing that that's how they want to play, Will Vieira, who I mean, he is—he's been around a while, but at the highest level, he's still kind of a relatively inexperienced manager. Uh, will handle it because he is so kind of devoted to how he would like to play and how he wants to approach the match that coming up against someone this big that isn't PSG, who is clearly just trying to have like YouTube comps at every position rather than playing in a unified way. Right. Like, how will he approach that? And I think it will benefit us and. All I can say is that there, it's impossible for Odson-Edward to contribute as much as he did in the past weekend. So I'm very optimistic about that because mm-hmm. <laughs> that can't happen again to us. And I'm glad it didn't happen to us, what he did to Spurs. <laughs> so yeah, what, how, I, are you, how are you feeling about this match?
1: I mean, we're on a run, right? Like We, we looked really good um, both games this week. I don't really see that changing. Uh, we don't have a lot of room to rotate, so you're going to see Mo again. You're going to see Jota again. I think you see Mane again. Um, that's our front three. Midfield, I would love to see Hendo, Thiago, Fabinho, but I wouldn't be shocked if it's like, if if Naby doesn't get the start again and you know one of the other two drops. So I think Fabinho is undroppable right now. He's, he's playing, he's dropping 10 out of 10 performances week in, week out right now. Um, he's been our best player so far. I think, uh, this, at least the past couple of weeks, if not the whole season, he's just phenomenal. Um, and then, you know, I think Virgil comes back in. I wouldn't be shocked to see Gomez get to play again. Um, but Matip probably should, it just, just, Matip has played a lot, so I wouldn't be shocked if he got rested, but, um, Matip is just such a good player. I I would hate, I, I as much as I love Gomez, I would love to see, you know. Matip and Virgil until one of them gets injured or starts sucking. I think that's your, that's your, you know, you're starting. And then obviously Robbo and, uh, Trent both start. Although I wouldn't hate to see Samikas. I I miss that guy. I mean, he's he's getting some much needed sleep probably, but like like he, I mean, he's so good. He's, he'd, he'd been excellent. And I, I hate to, I hate that, it's just how it works. I mean, you can't displace Andy Robertson out of this team, but like he had been so good at the beginning of the season.
0: Yeah. I don't want to see him lose that momentum either, but again, it's Robbo that will take his place. Um, and on the Mata point, speaking of someone who is playing false 10, like it, it, that that combination play, the run from center back right. up to right. like the buildup for Mo's goal against Leeds, And he did it again against Milan. He's just, He like when he marauds. It's so much fun to watch him like stride across the pitch and like take people on because most of the time he's successful. He he's just he's such an underrated player, and I think that's because he's playing next to Virgil Van Dijk, who's one of the best in the world. But I mean, Matip is so good at everything, and it it, often everything except for scoring on headers on corners. That man should have like (laughs) twelve goals a season off of corners, and he just cannot seem to get it on target. But He's just—he's a great midfielder playing at center back, and is
1: 6'5". One thing I, I do—I think Matip got underrated because he's—he had such a long string of stop-start injuries, and—and mm-hmm. um, and for whatever reason, and I mean, we—we're guilty of it as well. But like, injuries don't have anything to do with player skill, but no. at the same time, if they're unavailable, they are obviously. It's not. It does affect their stock a little bit, but like Matip is such a good player, and he's so like he just as goofy as he is, he doesn't make mistakes, and it it's yeah. I, I he's been really great this season so far.
0: Yeah, long may he continue. Although, wouldn't yes. necessarily hurt to see Konate get uh, some time at some point. Oh yeah, it's probably not this match, um, but I, I feel like we're probably going to see him at some point, probably in the League Cup. Against Norwich, that seems like an ideal spot to give him his debut. Yeah. Uh, But I mean, he is also so good, uh, not just as evidenced by his play, but as evidenced by how not good Leipzig have looked without him and Upamakano. Like, yes. Like, (laughs) uh, skill by notice of absence is. Definitely helped Kanate's stock rise. Um, so, I, 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 I this is going to be an interesting match against Palace because, to your point, playing against Palace sucks most of the time. But this is like Palace trying to change and not be that Palace. But will that mean that we have 23 chances again in a match and <laughs> hopefully take more than three of them? Like, will this be the time where we just convert? Because, I mean, we, we have beaten them 7 0 before. And yeah. we, could, we could very well do it again on this forum. So are, are you expecting kind of a blow? Are you expecting back and forth? are you just expecting mm-hmm. classic Palace?
1: I think it, it's hard to blow out Palace. I, I think I think it'll be closer than we want it to be. Probably 2-0 rather than 3 with maybe a bit more back and forth play. Um, Palace is just tough. Any, any sort of like this mid-table team type stuff that – you know, it's it's if it was – I mentioned Newcastle and like Leicester and those type teams when they come at you, they've got the skill to do it. But like you kind of know what Benteke is going to do. You kind of know what their midfield's going to be. Like it's the same – you know, they're kind of daring you to beat them. And Palace always – they sort of regress against the bigger teams. Like if they're playing against Burnley, they'll go at it and they look great. But against the big – you know, against us and City and those, you know, they kind of sit back. They'll play a bit more Pulisci – Type ball and so I think it'll be dicey um, I don't think it'll be close necessarily But I wouldn't be shocked if it Wasn't a blowout
0: You Care to put a score prediction on that
1: uh, Let's do 2-0 That's what I said initially I think I'll go with it 2 nil us um, With Mo getting his 101st goal And Robbo
0: scoring That's Yeah he, he finally learned How to shoot uh, so I, I think he could very well get a goal. I, yeah. I'm thinking a, a little more confidently. I think they'll, despite their desire to kind of keep things compact and go at us, they will end up regressing, regressing in air quotes, to what they would prefer to do and play more expensively, and that will leave us some spaces. And I think we will start taking more of these chances. Um, and I'm thinking Mo kind of opens up a, a nice – lead in the golden boot race, uh, mm-hmm. by getting a hat trick. So I'm thinking a four nil win, uh, that said, I'm sure it will be one of those ones where we have, we score an early goal. We miss 80 chances. They yep. almost score and we're like, Oh, missing all these chances is going to come back to bite us. And then we score again in like the 81st minute and win two. Yep. No. That, yep. that seems like all over it, but I'm hoping for a more, uh, positive score line for us just to get the goal differential.
1: And be nice, but I, I don't know. I'm, I'm with you on that. I, don't, I, don't, I can't really – Palace is not the game to to rack up your your goal differential, as we saw uh, back in the day, as I referenced earlier. That's not the team you want to try to do that with. Right. Um, um, but, yeah, I think – what about you? What, what's your,
0: your score? I'm going 4-0 four nil, four nil? Uh, in my heart, but my head says 2-0 early goal, late goal. Okay. I like it. Uh, and I guess while we're here, because we probably won't have time to record before the Norwich League Cup match, but I I, I mean, not really a match that too many people care about because it's the League Cup. But again, it's, it's something I, I know we talked about it in kind of the, the season wrap-up discussion last year that it would be nice to win a trophy. I know we're going to go after the Premier League and after the Champions League for sure, but this could be an interesting opportunity for us if we play our kind of backup squad they play their backup squad ours is clearly better than theirs but are you mm-hmm. expecting an interesting game or are you expecting more of a, a glorified training match out of that one
1: we love playing against norwich um <laughs> historically and, and and you know i i think you will i think you're right i think you'll see Konate. i think you see wholesale changes we get uh quickbooks kelleher back in i think you get uh you know we probably see samikas again um Get a little Curtis Jones action. I, I can't. I mean, we're not going to lose to Norwich. It's just not going <laughs> to happen. It's, it's you know, as much as I, I like try to be non-biased, it's it's Norwich it, it, we're not going to lose. So I, and, and as soon as I say that, we will lose. But I don't think we will. And I think, uh, yeah. I mean, obviously, we'll move on. That's that's. I don't really. I'm not worried about Norwich at all.
0: Yeah, I'm curious to see if we see uh, players like. Cade Gordon, who showed really well in preseason, who's been tearing it up. Uh, I mean, he's training with the first team. He just looks like such a star. Uh, or if we get to see someone like Mateusz Musilowski, who was with the first team, got injured immediately in preseason, didn't really get to see him at all, but someone who was so good last season and drew a lot of plaudits for how he was playing. This seems like a match fit for them. I mean, you saw that's where Curtis Jones made his breakout. Um, I'm sure we'll see a lot of him in this match as well, but... It, mm-hmm. it, are we going to go let's keep the squad players in rhythm, let's give them a chance uh, or some other players in rhythm or do we kind of give chances to kids and see if we can get through uh to the next round and probably draw another Premier League team because in these cup competitions we never That's don't get paired with a Premier League team. We'll get and, no, and like
1: a top Premier League. Team. We'll get yeah. City or <laughs> Tottenham or something early. Um no, I think Klopp doesn't really he doesn't necessarily value the League Cups, but he also doesn't just throw them away either. I think that it's very likely you will see wholesale changes, but you'll probably also see like Mo. one of <laughs> yeah, one, <laughs> two, two of Jota Mane and Mo. Yeah, you'll see two of them, I bet. I don't I don't know which two. But yeah, absolutely I think Mo will play.
0: <laughs> that hey. dude's
1: a freak. He's so it's just ridiculous.
0: Just thinking back to when we found out we were playing Aston Villa's U18s, and then Mo still started. Like, you know he's just going to yeah. play every match. He just loves yep. playing. Yep. He loves scoring. He just loves being out there for us. And so yep. it would not be surprising to see him, and unless someone, like, holds him back. It's like, please don't play this. We have so many other games right. to worry about. <laughs> right. But What's yeah, our I'm,
1: game after that? That might determine it. Let's see. Uh, Norwich. Brentford. Yeah, i will play.
0: Yeah. So I, I'm thinking a comfortable like 3 1 victory over Norwich in the League Cup. Um, and then probably draw, like you said, like Man City.
1: I'm excited to see Konate. I haven't, I didn't watch much of the preseason. Uh, just, just was busy or couldn't, you know, didn't have LFC TV or whatever. But it, I think he's, he's going to be a good long term signing. I agree. I'm excited to see him play.
0: Yeah, so I, a lot of exciting potential for debuts. Um, and listeners, please be sure to let us know who you're excited to see in the League Cup, uh, as well as your thoughts on the upcoming match against Crystal Palace. Because there's just so many games. Like we already we, we talked about having a lot of games last season, but looking at it again, we're already back to playing a bunch of games. There's just right. always yep. games, but it's it's fun to watch these this team play because they create so many chances. Yep, twenty three, It's just insane. Uh, well, great to have you back on the pod. This was a, a very fun episode. Glad you're, mm-hmm. you're you weren't injured and you're back. And hopefully, hope to have you on uh, more often.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I'm I'm happy to uh, happy to uh, get back in the saddle. It's, it's fun. I've missed you guys.
0: We have missed you as well. Uh, we've forgotten all about Zach. We don't think he's a real person who? anymore. Yeah, I don't I don't know who that is. Um, and of course, this episode dedicated to the memory of Andrew Ainsworth uh, for, for everything that he's done um, mm-hmm. and so as we don't do that bit anymore will final oh. thought before we sign off
1: uh, go team go I don't know I wasn't ready for that I, I didn't know we were we missed Andrew I didn't know Andrew wasn't with us in spirit anymore
0: no that's uh, that's not what we do here anymore we oh, uh, gotcha. we've retired that bit officially
1: Things change when you miss, miss, uh,
0: when you have time out.